Blog Talk Radio. Another 
episode on the Five Swiftstone Network. It's just Brother Seth. How are you doing tonight? Hopefully you and yours are blessed and highly favored. I mean that, brothers and sisters. Uh, some of y'all are so busy, and for you to take away from your um, families to listen to the blog show, I have to wish that upon you. And I do want to thank you for your time tonight. I do want to thank you for your time tonight. Well, tonight... What is our topic? Our topic is going to be how worship has changed in the Israelite community during the diaspora and today. One more time. How worship has changed in the Israelite community during the diaspora and today. And this is going to be spearheaded by Sister Eliana Batya. She'll be going into details of that program shortly. Just want to cover a few um, of our usual intro um, House cleaning issues, or should I say just um, rituals here, and we'll just get into the uh, program. I just want to uh, remind everybody, folks, I keep forgetting to say every show. I say it most of the time, but sometimes I forget. We have over 500 shows, and I keep talking to people that ask me uh, after they've heard a show, when can I hear it again? I'm like, listen, <laughs> I mean, when can I hear another one? And I have to tell them that our shows are recorded all of our shows are recorded if you miss any of our shows hold on sorry about that brothers and sisters but if you miss any of our shows you can simply google five smooth stone blog talk radio that's the fastest way to get our uh, website on blog talk radio just simply google it don't try to do the www just simply google five smooth stone blog talk radio and you will get our program all right, our website and over 500 and um, over 550 programs. Okay, and we're dealing with all types of topics uh, that's relating to you and yours, and I do mean relating to you and yours. Our focus, uh, our, our target, is for sure the Israelites. As I play our theme in the background, our focus again is those that we believe are the Israelites according to scripture and that would be the African American pretty much and uh other scattered sister tribes all over our world who's going through some of the hor- most horrific uh, pain you can imagine these shows are tailored to what they're going through what they're feeling and uh hope for them uh, hope for them now even when we talk about the history of this people uh, that would encourage them to to today seek this most high Yah of Israel and uh, these is what our shows are all about brothers and sisters so I just want to remind everybody please if you want to hear topics on the five topics we talk about so often uh, as well as hundreds of topics we really talk about but we talk about five of them the most but if you want to uh, listen in on uh, and hear um, the various co-hosts uh, who um, to, uh, who chime in from here and there, just just simply Google Firestone Stone Blog Talk Radio. And while I'm at it, brothers and sisters, go ahead and share this program. If it's a blessing to you and it really answers a lot of the questions you have and concerns you have, go ahead and share the program. Please don't hoard your blessings, okay? That's what I'm basically doing. I'm trying to uh, uh, 
extend into your home, into your house, into your offices a truth that I have learned, that I've come to know, or invite people on that I think have truth that will liberate you and yours. That's what I am trying to do. Do I have it together? No. Uh, do our co-hosts have it together? I don't think so. Not like uh, you probably would prefer, somebody nearly perfect or something like that. I can't say that. I can't speak for, let me just speak for me. I don't have it like that. But I do know some things for sure, some things that have been a blessing in my life, life and things that have transformed me in my life. And that's what I try to do on this network, try to share things that I know for sure that have liberated me, helped me. And I believe that if I do this the most, I will honor that and uh, will bless me, uh, bless my family. And I do that, I do blogging primarily for that reason. It's totally an unselfish effort. Um, we get nothing uh, from doing these blogs. I'm not paid. And uh, I don't even get my ego strokes, uh, strokes sometimes. So uh, so trust me, brothers and sisters, it's a labor of love strictly from us to you. Again, sharing things we know for sure. All right? Also, I want to, um, wrapping up here, talk about uh, those of you that have been blessed by the program. Go ahead and drop us an email. My email is Seth. S-E-T-H dot M is in Mary dot Turner at Gmail. Drop us concerns or compliments or anything. Communicate with us. Uh, that's one thing our people don't do very much, and I think it's because we're so used to not being heard. But here on this network, I do listen to your emails and to your concerns, to your uh, advice, criticism, constructive criticism, that is. Uh, so please, let's tweak each other and, and uh, email us with your uh, praise reports, etc. All right? So, again, Sister Eliana Badia is coming your way. She's going to be uh, talking about, again, how worship has changed in the Israelite community during the diaspora and today. All right? So I want to turn this over as soon as I can. I'm just trying to make sure I've covered every single thing. Um, I do want to mention we have, uh, if you missed, um, well, if you missed last Thursday, I don't know what to say. It was a blessing, y'all. Uh, Brother Purcell really shared from his heart and was able to, again, share things that he know for sure that was liberating. And then if you missed Brother Ella Shaw on Monday, you missed a blessing as well. Again, another one of our co-hosts sharing things they know for sure that have been a blessing, that have liberated their life in some way or another. And um, while I say that these shows are dedicated to the Israelites, I want to say to all the other ethnic groups listening in, please know that this network, you are definitely welcome, welcome. And if I were you, I would pay close attention to what's being said because it's going to affect you and yours sooner or later, maybe directly is affecting so-called African-Americans and other scattered Israelites. But a lot of the information we share is just truth from the scriptures. And if you're studying the same Bible we're studying, you it, it, it would behoove you to know who the people of Yah was and is and what he's going to be doing with them in the future. Now, of course, he's looking for that spiritual Jew, those that have been born again, those that are seeking him uh, and, and, and with everything they have. This is who the Father's looking for, not somebody just just because of a flesh identity, but he did promise Abraham that he would do some things with his seed and it would be an everlasting covenant he made. So it would behoove you to know who these Israelites are because it's going to affect Bible prophecy 
And you need to understand these people because they're going to be misbehaving if they don't know who they are. And you might be one of those people mistreating them because you don't understand why they're at the bottom in every tiny aspect of society. You might be one of those persons, like Miles Monroe once said, if you don't know the purpose of a thing, you will abuse it. So if you don't know the purpose of a people and you don't know why they're malfunctioning and doing some of the things they're doing, you may be guilty of mistreating those people. So, again, I just want to remind everybody, please, please uh, pay close attention to our shows. We're, we're very serious. We're not playing at all. All right? So let's put a little music on. This song has been in my heart a lot lately. A little bit of this and we'll bring up Eliana. Is coming your way now at this time. I'm going to turn the show to her hand. She is going to conduct this show exactly how she wants to. Uh, if anybody's going to be co-hosted, just follow her lead. Uh, I'm not moderating at this time. Um, uh, let's see here. Make, make sure see who's all on. Uh, think who's on. Uh, Sister Eliana, just to give you a little FYI, uh, Brother Ella Shua is in the house. Brother John is in the house. And Brother Kenwood is in the house. So these are your co-hosts you'll be working with. And so I'm going to go ahead and come to you at this time. Uh, so there we go. Mercy, California, phone number, Erico 209-683, Sister Eliana. Uh, how are you doing tonight? Welcome to the broadcast. I am well, I am well, and I'm very excited to be on tonight. I'm, I'm very excited to be hosting the show tonight. It's a um, been an honor. I've been very busy, and I want to welcome everyone who is listening live with us, and also to you who will listen via the archives. Uh, thank you for tuning in to this broadcast. Um, a little bit about myself. Um, my name is Eliana Batya. I'm a moray, which means a teacher um, to the Hebrew Israelites here in the Central Valley. Um, I have a ministry called Beth Shalom Mashiach, but I've recently transitioned to another house of worship. Um, I am with um, For Life Center, which under the uh, apostolic covering of Apostle Rudy Sanchez. Um, 
I am very excited to be fellowshipping Sojourning with our brothers in Issachar. I'm very excited to be in the fellowship with them and um, and working out some of my ministry. Um, right now I'm falling back in that ministry. I'm learning um, the flow of the house, but I still have the, the freedom. Um, Mosai has definitely granted that with me there, so I'm very excited. Also, um, I am doing a lot of Facebook Live still teaching and uh, reaching out to people. Uh, I'm reaching into areas like China, Singapore, uh, Mexico, Japan, um, different parts of Africa, um, Ethiopia, a lot of places and uh, locally here, you know, in my area and across the United States. So I'm I'm very grateful to the Most High um, that he has um, given me that platform to speak. I do at this time, uh, to, oh, to reach me, you can reach me at um, eliana.batia26 at gmail.com or Beth Shalom Mashiach, M-E-S-H-I-A-C at gmail.com. And uh, at this time, I want to I wanna let my co-hosts come in and introduce themselves. Um, uh, just give us a description, where you're from. And I'm in Merced, California, and I'd like for my co-hosts, my brothers, to come on and to um, introduce themselves to you all. Okay, let's go to the phone lines. Eric Code 682452. I think this is Brother Ellis Shure. Brother Ellis welcome to the program. Shalom, everyone. I hope everyone has had a wonderful weekend. And now starting the beginning of the week on this first blessed day. Um, excited to hear what Sister Eliana has in store for us. Um, y'all know me. I don't need to give out y'all all that information. Come on now. Y'all know what's up. <laughs> anyway, if you want to contact me, it's Ellie Shua Ellison, E-L-Y-S-H-U-A-H, Ellison, that's E-L-L-I-S-O-N, gmail.com, or Ellie Shua Ellison on Facebook. Back over right. to you, Queen Eliana. <laughs> Beautiful. Let's Thank bring you, brother. on Brother John. Uh, brother John, your line is open. After I bring on everybody, I'll turn over to you, Sister Eliana. Uh, brother John, your line is open. Go ahead and say hello to the people. Hey, Brother Seth. Uh, good to be back on the show again. Hi, Sister Eliana. Good to hear your voice after your brief hiatus. Um, anxious to hear what you are bringing forth. I, I saw the okay. so. John. While I'll be here, it might be the only time that I'm speaking, but um, I do want to say hi to everyone, uh, Brother Castleberry, uh, and I'm anxious to, to hear what you have bring, uh, that you're bringing forth. Thank you. Yeah, you was Thank ringing you. there, but it stopped, so whatever you did, keep up the good work. Ellen and okay, John back together. Yeah, they're together, they're but the there was an echo, so hopefully... Um, Anyway, I think they fixed it. But back to the phone lines, area code 903-279. Brother Kenwin Casterberry, your line is open. Go ahead and say hello to the people, and Cecilia Allen shows in your hand. All right. Shalom, 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 family. Uh, Waking Up Israel Radio Show. Uh, it's also on Blog Talk. Uh, that's a good way to catch up with me. Um, I'm interested in the show. I uh, this is one of those topics that uh, I wrestle with, and I'm looking forward to uh, 
Mrs. Uh, Eliana to, uh, you know, see what she's going to, you know, bring to the table here. Um, but, yeah, all right. Thank I'm happy to be in, and I look forward to the show, y'all. All right. Well, brothers, thank you. I'm so glad that my brothers are here with me, and uh, this is really exciting for me. Um, let me just give you guys an overview of how the show is going to flow tonight. We do have a two-hour window. We did do a 15-minute introduction with Seth. So our segments, we're going to do it in three segments. Our first segment is going to run roughly 34 minutes with a one-minute break so we can transition into our second and third segment. So our first segment, we're going to deal with um, the original design and purpose of worship. The second segment, we are going to talk about how worship changed and when did worship change um, in regards to the power of worship and the original intent. And then the third and final segment is going to be how worship um, is influencing our, our, our generations today and is it effective for the original purpose that the Most High created it. Alrighty, so without further ado, I want to get started with the first segment. And uh, so the, the original intent uh, and design and purpose of worship uh, originally started uh, with Davidic worship. When the Most High first uh, delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, when they went through the Red Sea, Moses and the congregation began to sing a song. The song was very lengthy, but it was in uh, they were giving adoration and praise to the Most High for a tremendous deliverance, a tremendous deliverance that the world hasn't even seen again repeated in terms of its magnitude and effectiveness to actually shake a superpower. Egypt at the time of the original exodus was a superpower. As a matter of fact, scientists have seen that all around the world there are pyramids. That came directly from the influence of the kingdom of Egypt having very, uh, a very far reach. And Pharaoh was worshipped as a god, and he was, thought, you know, he was thought to be a god. So some of the miracles and the, and the plagues that happened in Egypt were to, first of all, um, dismantle the idea that a man can be god outside of the Messiah. And the second thing it did was liberate the Hebrew Israelites who were in the land of Goshen, who were also, in a way, worshiping Pharaoh. So this power, this mighty power that the Mosai, um used through the plagues and using his servant Moshe Avinu or Moses to go in and speak unto Pharaoh um, did two things. It humbled the Egyptians and it elevated the Israelites. So when they came through that final final great test of going through uh, the waters who were parted, they were able to sing and worship. But that's not something that Israel was doing on a regular basis. But the Most High gave them a song, and they all sang the song. And then Miriam took up the tambourine, and she encouraged all of the women to also take up their tambourines, and they also uh, sang verses of this 
mighty song that the Messiah had put in their heart. But worship began as a rule in Israel under during the time of the kings under Davidic worship. And the Davidic worship was through King David. And because when he was in his father's house on the backside of the desert, tending his father's sheep, David played the harp. He ministered unto the Most High through his worship, and then when he became king, he wrote many of the songs that were set to music. So whenever you see the Psalms and you see that word Silah, that was a pause for worship. Ty uh, took that up as a strategy and, and a requirement in Israel, and many times when they went out to fight their enemies, the Most High would tell the kings to send out the worshipers to go ahead, and because of their singing and their worship, the Most High would grant Israel great military victories in battle. So this was the original purpose, and it's still uh, a weapon that we use today when we are in relationship to the Father correctly. We can use praise and worship and the, the sound of the instruments, the drums, the flutes, the tambourines, uh, the piano, you know, all of that, the stringed instruments. The piano is a stringed instrument. Um, the harp is one, the violin, all of your your cello, all of those are stringed instruments, and they can produce a sound, especially when it is in conjunction with the worship of the Most High that can defeat our natural and our spiritual enemies. So I want to go ahead and um, set that tone. And I would like to have uh, my co-host come in and to, um, you know, one by one, just, you know, add to your knowledge of what, what you know about the Davidic worship or anything that I said to give clarity to our listening audience. And after my co-host, we're going to open up the phone lines if anyone wants to make a comment or concern or has a question. And we want to be ready to answer those questions in the best of our ability. So go ahead, my co-host. I open up that floor for you. Okay, uh, I'll go first. Um, the singers, um, we 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 hear them a lot. And uh, I, at first, I remember when I first uh, heard, you know, understood that it was uh, singers. Um, I, I didn't really pay it any mind until I woke up, and I see the popularity of. Uh, of uh, singing and the the effect that we had over the over the world, uh, like a loud voice. Uh, there's a lot of people who know Patti LaBelle around the world. A lot of people who know Luther Vandross and all the greats of singers that we didn't had produced out of America, and uh, it, I, it just kind of connects together. I can see, I can put it together with your with your what you're saying about these singers and the power along with worship, um, what that can do on the battlefield. So it's, yeah, it's all coming together. Uh, I just want to add that right there. Okay. Well, that was great. Now we want to talk about, I'm sorry. I didn't want to catch off. We want to talk about the original uh, purpose of music. That sounds like our second segment, segment two that you're jumping into right now. So the first segment is that original, you know, what the the children of Israel as a new nation or as an established nation, um, 
before diaspora, the worship. That's what we want to focus on at this time. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Um, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, it, uh, it's new to me. Uh, what you what you putting together? Uh, new. Um, but I didn't really see how it could be that effective in battle until just now. I just put it together, you know. Awesome. Uh, so I, I'll pass the mic on that. Okay. Thank you for your input. <laughs> Yeah, I'll jump in um, while I can. I know that the God is he's a spirit, and we must worship him in spirit and truth. So it goes without saying that before the earth was formed, before we were created on this earth, that worship took place in heaven. <clears throat> um, and the Bible talks about Lucifer, um, and how he basically was an instrument and he was the head of worship in the heavenlies uh, prior to his fall. And so just as Sister Eliana stated, which was, it was a absolute necessity that the, that the worshipers went out. And this, again, is prior to the kingdom of Israel. This is when they were still initially fighting the uh, various peoples uh, of Bashan uh, on the other side of the uh, Jordan River on the uh, east side before they crossed over to the west side and began uh, going into Canaan, that the worshipers would go out first. And you absolutely wanted them to go out first because it wasn't Israel that was defeating these enemies. It was God that was defeating these enemies and going out before the people of Israel. In one given instance, and this was not necessarily dealing with worship, but this is more so dealing with the fact that you wanted God to go out before you. When they asked, when they were asked, hey, should we go up against this particular enemy this way? He said, no, go up this way. And when you hear the rustling in these mulberry trees, when you hear that rustling, that's when you go up because that wrestling was the, was God going out before them. And so um, the aspect of worship being a, a critical part of our offense spiritually, um, I'm a strong proponent of that. Um, and, and even as I speak, I know that I need to institute it more because I'm not one who sings a lot, <laughs> uh, but it, it's an integral part of what we should be doing. Um, worshiping God, and he will go out, as Sister Eliana stated, not just our physical enemies, but our spiritual enemies. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, John. That was okay. wonderful. Alishua? Okay. Um, believe it or not, <laughs> worship is something that I've given very little attention to in terms of doing study and research. And usually when I give little attention to something, it's because my personal experience has so solidified that I don't need so much as something to reinforce my belief uh, in it. Um, I do understand the aspect of how that in the days of our ancestors that when they would go out to fight, 
the first tribe that would go forth would be the tribe of Judah. And as every Israelite on this line and listening is aware, the term Judah literally means praise. And how that when doing praise, that many times it was, like I said, things of the Old Testament are types and shadows for our learning and for our understanding. And there were times where the armies of Israel would go forth and Judah would go forth first, and when they would begin to praise, it would literally confuse the enemy. The Bible says that they were confounded, and that was because of the Most High working through their praise. I know that when Daniel had prayed to the Most High to get understanding in regards to the, the dream that he had, that it was through prayer and praise that brought that understanding. And what, what Daniel was not aware of, that while he was praising and, and praying, that there were angelic beings in the heavenlies engaged in a very intense fight. So I understand that how that moves that. And the other personal aspect of it is that being a person who is prophetically oriented, um, I can relate to Elijah where times where he would say, call forth me a minister that I may prophesy. And so I can see how the prophet and the worship and the praise is all connected at once. And I would say that the reason why David was such a powerful man of God when you, you know, there's a distinction between praise and worship. Um, most people see them as the same, but there is some difference. Um, even when you just look at the name of it, worship, which comes from the root word that means worthy, means worthy of commitment, worthy of devotion. And where you get the term, that's where the term worship is derived from. So in knowing that, I think the secret to David's success is because he was a worshiper. And on a personal note, I would say to a lot of men, we miss out. We miss out on intimacy with the Father and walking in the Holy Spirit because our pride and our ego will not let us, in a sense, what David did when they brought back the ark to be allow ourselves to be shamefaced before the Most High. Oh, I'm sorry. So... So in that respect, that's me on worship. And I know that person, been in prison, been in prison twice, that when I got out of prison, the thing that helped me build my relationship with the Father and build strength in my life was not praise. I would spend a lot of time in just worship. Uh, Paul mm-hmm. talks about worship. You know, we, I was, I was worshiping. Um, as you said, the um, difference between the spirit and person. He says, uh, and when he talks about the spirit, he was talking about you know in, in, in tongues and so forth. And I think that when you look at the Bible characters, especially the New Testament characters, those who were the most influential, most influential and impactful, as well as in the Old Testament with David, were those who worshipped the Father, and they worshipped in spirit and truth. So, Eliana? Yes, I agree. Beautiful. Thank you, brothers. I love that. And while you guys were talking, I was, I was thinking about how um, it is very important how the Father, you know, orchestrates the four times of war. There, that praise um, in the book of Psalms, it says, play on the, on the loud-sounding cymbals. It starts with um, make a joyful noise unto the Most High, 
all ye lands, you know, serve the Lord with gladness. But then it says, play on the high-sounding symbols, the loud-sounding symbols. And that is to confuse. That's to rout the spiritual world. But that worship that you tapped into is really key because that is that quiet intimacy with the Father that a lot of men have problems. Like, I, I love how you stated that, being a man, that yeah. men have problems that quiet intimacy and coming into that quiet secret place with the Father and just worshiping. And worship doesn't always have to be uh, with a song. It can be in that quiet time of meditation and focusing on the scriptures, but having a melody in your heart. And I believe that was um, what the Most High was, you know, after with the children of Israel, with our ancestors, he always wants to have a close personal relationship with us. And he wanted us to each experience that, especially the men, because the men are the leaders. The men are the heads, the heads of families, the heads of state, the heads of the tribes, um, the leaders, you know, in the world. But he desires that because that's, you know, what he had with Adam. Adam didn't even know he was alone. He didn't even know he was naked. He was in total worship. In his, in his, just his being was in total worship to the Father. And, in fact, it was the fire that said, hey, it's not good for this man to be alone. He didn't even know it because he was in so, so in sync and in tune with the Most High. Um, so that's a challenge for, for, for men. But I believe there were more men in Israel in the ancient days that knew how to worship because they, they had living examples of living men leaders who showed them. They had fathers who showed them because we had a different atmosphere when Israel was first in the desert. They were all together, and they they were in close-knit families. So maybe through their moms they learned the songs of worship, but then they, they watched their fathers practice it, and so it was easier for men then to worship and for a nation then to worship and to praise the Most High. So that was power. That was a communication. That was a rite of passage. That was an establishment uh, for us as Hebrew Israelites. And for the believer, I'm going to add today, for all believers that come into the fellowship in the kingdom of the Most High, no matter how we believe, the Most High is looking for that intimacy and worship. He's looking for that direct connection to our hearts and to our minds and to our spirits into our soul, and that can only be achieved through worship. And we for, um, Seth, did you mention uh, that if uh, we had uh, anybody that wanted to make uh, a comment, they needed to press one to get on to the, um, to get into the host queue in our audience? That is absolutely correct. Anytime, anyone make a comment, please press one. I'm going to watch the boards and see if anybody press one will bring you on. It will place you over everybody the way we always do. And those of you online listening, if you want to get in on this conversation, you have to call the number, okay? You can chat in the chat room with us also, ask your question there, or you can call the phone number, again, 914-205-5590, 914 205-5590. So, Celiana, if a hand goes up, I definitely will let you know. Thank you so much. Well, that's so beautiful. 
Um, we're getting close. We, we're just a few minutes, about 10 minutes out from our ending our first segment. But uh, did any other, uh, did anyone else want to, to add uh, another comment or thought in this first segment of our original uh, purpose of worship? Yes, yeah. yeah, so as you were, I was looking when you um, were speaking, I was looking for a scripture. The first scripture that came to mind, and one of the most significant aspects are attributes and benefit of praise and worship. And there's a scripture, Second Chronicles 5 and 2. And what this uh, particular passage chronicles, the records, is when the Ark of the Covenant was, return, was being returned back to Israel. And Second Chronicles chapter 2, verse 5 and 2, it says this, The Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes of the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel unto Jerusalem to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of Yahweh out of the city of David, which is Zion. Wherefore, all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto the king in the feast, which was in the seventh hour. And all the elders of Israel came, and Levites took up the Ark, and they brought up the ark in the tabernacle of the congregation and all the holy vessels which were in the tabernacle. These did the priests and the Levites bring up. Also King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that were assembled unto him before the ark. And it talks about the sacrifices. In verse 10 it picks up, and there was nothing in the ark save the two tables which Moses put therein at Horeb, which Yahweh made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came to this, came out of Egypt. Now, if you go down to the last verse in that chapter, next to the last verse, thirteen, and it says, it, "And it came even to pass as the trumpeteers and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking Yahweh. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised Yahweh, saying, For He is good." And his mercy endured forever. And then the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of Yahweh, or Yahweh, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. For the glory of Yahweh had filled the house of God. Um, I'll ask John. No, no, I'm going to ask you this question, Sister Eliana. What does the cloud represent? It represents the glory of the Most High, the Shekinah. Yeah. And on a personal note, it represents the presence of the Most High. Yeah. A cloud cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. And that's why David was so exceedingly happy that when the ark was coming back in, because he understood that that ark is what they all represented as the presence of the Most High. And as a result, that's all David cared about. I would like to, I'd like to jump into and just what you said. When you were reading the scripture, you know what occurred to me? So in our Hebrew congregations and in most houses of worship and places of fellowship today, we have more females in the house. But what you just read were there were more Men, leaders, worshiping. Now I see how the enemy, which is going to be leading up to our second segment, was able to uh, defeat the strength 
of the congregation. And that's why I read the men became distracted. Yeah. And I, I, I'll wait for the second segment for that to finish that thought. But what I saw in the scripture is that the men of God, when the holy men of God, the righteous, mighty, powerful men of God who are standing in their right place, and they are leaders in the community, pillars, leaders in their home, husbands, fathers, when they are able to give that strength and power of worship without distraction to the Father, his literal presence will enter into the house of God. And and that's yeah. what we're lacking. We don't have that today because we have a lot of women singing, and they carry the anointing as well, but there is an order. Amen. Israel right. had right. proper order. They had the headship. They had the authority. The oil flowed down from the head all the way down to the feet, and all of the congregation, the glory and the, and the presence was able to come because the men were able to worship. And with one accord, and it said the singers made the same sound. Everybody was, their, their voice, they made a sound. In the congregation where I'm at today, now, before, when I was under my brother, the bishop, um, I was doing a lot of the praise and worship. There were times, and we had no musicians. But there were times where I would hear music, and I was worshiping so hard that people were coming in, and they were in the rhythm. It was almost as if we had a full, you know, band. But I was I was working so hard in that worship, and if you anybody ever saw some of my Beth Shalom um, Saturday, Friday Night Live, a lot of times it was just me and my brother. We were reaching out to the Facebook community, but my brother, he first wasn't singing on time with me, which made it very awkward. But once he began to sing in time, just the two of us, it was as if there were hundreds in the building. When he became uh, in, in sync with that worship, it filled the house. And I never really paid attention. Now here, the leaders, a lot of the men where I'm at now are worshipers, even the apostles will get up in front, and he will worship. He will lead the worship. And um, we do have a worship leader, but, I mean, he will sing. And so there's heavy times of outpouring now uh, in the congregation. But sometimes in the quieter part of the worship, the Most High will um, touch my voice, and I will begin to sing and make a melody. It's almost like it's an instrument, and I notice that the glory comes even greater. But there are men that are worshiping, dancing, unashamed before the presence of God, which makes a difference because all of these men are in leadership. They are fivefold ministry. They're all leaders. So I challenge us, as my, my brothers, I challenge you and many others that are listening and will listen to become a worshiper like David. That's, that is the power we need in the house of God. We need to worship. Amen. All right. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna allow Seth to. Um, did you get my you got my text right? Your phone. Yes. So um, we're gonna I'm gonna turn it over to you for the transition, so we can transition into our next segment. But if anyone else, any of our other co-hosts, have something to say on this segment, please do so. 
We have about three minutes before that uh, lets us transition to the pause into our next segment. Well, first of all, I want to thank everybody for tuning into this powerful show tonight on praise. Again, you tune to the Five Stone Network. I'm Brother Seth. Mrs. Eliana is uh, hosting tonight. We do have co-hosts in the house, Brother Elishua Ellison, Brother John Clark, and Brother Kenwin Casaberry. Um, anyone, again, with questions or comments for any of the voices you're hearing, press one on the phone lines. If you are listening online, remember you got to call on the uh, show. All right. Um, Sister Eliana and, and everybody, that was really good. I'm going to hold my comment till later. Uh, I do know one thing. Praise is a weapon. Definitely yeah. is a weapon. Um, did anybody want to comment before Sister Eliana pick up the, her next segment? Let's well, go around, Robin. My point. Let's, I, I wanted to finish making my point about the uh, what I was talking about is present is that there's, if you the most significant thing about David and come to David and you see that what David was doing before he was even chosen and the battles that David was able to win and that David didn't have what you would say a superficial relationship with the Most High. I hear Christians all the time using the word personal relationship. There is no, nothing that you're going to experience in your relationship with the Most High that is going to get you in terms of intimacy more than worship. Not praise, worship. As a matter of fact, worship is so sacred that sinners can't do it. They can praise, but they can't worship. Hmm. And that's why the and that's why the scripture says, those who worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. And the presence of the Most High is so extremely significant. It's literally, David yearns for it more than life itself. And there are people out there who are bound under so many different things. People addicted to drugs. And I know from experience that I've seen people that bound and no sense of rehab, anything to do them, but when they came into contact with the presence of the Most High, lifelong bondage was broken in a day. So for me, the most important aspect about worship is that you invoke the presence of the Most High. And it says that here when they dedicated the temple, the presence was so heavy and so deep that the people, the ministers, could no longer stand up and minister. And, you know, church, Seth talks a lot about the church, and I would say to you all, if you have ever been in a worship service where it gets like this, you know that you have come in contact with the presence of God. I was in a meeting in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where the presence of the Holy Spirit rolled in like a cloud, and without anybody's instruction, people just literally begin to hit the floor, prostrate before the Most High. And so when we talk about the church, my brother, that's what I miss. That's what I miss. Sister Eliana, brother Seth? Did I lose? What happened? Hello? No, I got these two heads I'm working with. I mute myself so y'all won't hear my noise. I apologize. 
I'm normally a lot faster than that. We're going to take a break here in a little bit. If anybody else uh, uh, just first want to check, Sister Eliana, your line is open. Bear with me. I was trying to talk to her in the green room. And, so bear with me, y'all. I sorely need a sound guy. But, uh, Sister Eliana, I'm going to take a few more uh, comments, and then at 9.55, as you requested, we'll take a break. So anybody, okay. Brother John, you have anything on? I wanted to, uh, just before I was going to uh, answer Elshford, yes, I have experienced that same um, power, the presence where a mist came up. I mean, the presence of the Most High was so thick that people literally were passed out in their cars, People were out under the power for three and four and five days. People were taking them home. They were still under the anointing for, you know, several days. And it was because of the worship. And I believe it was a, it was a, a congregation that had a lot of men as well. I think men are really the key here to um, one of the major keys to accessing the kingdom because man was made in the image of God. Adam was created first, and he was made in the image. And the, the whole attack of the church is Satan has tried to defeat man. He's tried to defeat the head, the, the original, um, the image of God in the earth. So this is really key. I mean, we're touching on something really profound here, that, that worship, that connection is really powerful. And as, as Seth said, we didn't spend a lot of time on praise, but praise is that weapon. It is that instrument of warfare that we um, wage in the heavenlies. Are, and we do it on the earth, but it affects the heavenlies as well as the earth in our praise. But that worship is entering into that dimension, that realm, in the presence of the Most High and accessing things that we cannot imagine to receive just in the natural or in the flesh. It really connects us to the Father. John, did you want to add anything before? Go ahead. I, no, I actually did not. I'm not really in a position where I can speak uh, that much this evening, uh, so I'll pass. All right. Um, Brother Castlewood, would you, do you have anything that you want to add now that you've heard a little more? Uh, I just wanted to add in that um, I... Before I even came into the truth, I felt that feeling you described, that uh, anointing. It was uh, it's an old church that uh, my family was going to, and the praise and the sing-along that we were doing in the church, I felt that spirit, that Holy Spirit before. Um, as far as when I woke up in this truth, or that I came to the understanding that we are Israel, I still have that in me. However, I've just been on this uh, mission uh, to where I just wanted to, you know, I kind of drifted away in trying to seek in truth in the whole matter uh, rather rather than missing out on that feeling you described um, of the singing and the praising. Um, it's just uh, I've just been seeking this truth here. here you know, on my journey. But uh, it all goes together, like what you said. It, it connects with each other. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess that's a, in a way I'm trying to say uh, what what's being done in the Christian church, however the sermon is, when that choir and everybody's in the, on the same page praising together, 
there is a wave of, of that Holy Spirit coming across, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I have felt that before. And uh, and I understand the, 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 that they're, they're one of the two. They, they go together, you know, this truth and that, that Holy Spirit, you know, um, with the praising and singing. So I just leave it right there. <laughs> I'll pass the mic. All right. I think we're at that hour where Seth is going to transition us um, probably with a song. We're going to take a break. But go ahead, Seth. You have that that, um, that window. Yes. Thank you, yes, Brother yes. Uh, Go ahead and take a break at this time. Again, folks, uh, we're going to be coming back with our next segment. I hope you have enjoyed and learned something from the various um, co-hosts sharing, especially what Sister Ellen has put out. Well, we got another segment to go, and so we'll be right back again. You've tuned to the Five Swiss Stone Network. I'm Brother Seth. We have Sister Eliana Batia all the way in Mercy, California, and we have on the phone lines Brother Elishua Ellison, Brother John Clark, Brother Kenwin Castleberry. All right, we'll be right back, folks. All the true worshipers, you don't need no help. Just open your mouth and release that sound that's inside of you. Come on.
again, we want to thank you for tuning in tonight for this very informative, powerful. Folks, praise is very, very important. Again, tonight's topic is how worship has changed in the Israelite community during the diaspora and today. And let's see, Eliana Badias, your host tonight. I'm just pretty much working the boards. And uh, we'll go back to Sister Eliana. Hope you all enjoying this very uh, informative um, segment. Go right here, Sister. All right. Well, good evening again. This is Eliana Batya, and we're going to head into our second segment. And our second segment tonight is um, when worship uh, changed, um, what happened uh, to cause us as a congregation of believers to change our worship and become uh, largely ineffective in in uh, the um, the world and largely ineffective in our in our churches and to lose so many of our Hebrew Israelites to the world. So I do want to note that um, I believe back in the 80s is when the 1980s is when um, uh, gospel recording artists began to either seek out or to become approached by secular um, label companies um, wanting to sign uh, because the, of course, the church, you know, we love the Father of the church. We have a problem with tithing and offering and, to, and giving largely in our communities. Uh, we expect the Father to just bless us anyhow, no matter how we're living, what we're doing. We really want that blessing, but it's hard for us to give to the kingdom, which unlocks the door. It's the key. Our giving is the key that unlocks the door to the type of financial blessings that we're seeking and giving in many aspects is still the key to all the blessings that we're seeking from the father. So um, when gospel artists begin to become approached or seek out, because at first there were no record labels wanting to carry gospel music, but um, once that, that bridge was crossed, once that, um, step was made and a door was open, um, they had stipulations. The gospel artists could not sing about the power of the blood. They couldn't sing about uh, the name of the Messiah. They uh, couldn't speak on the things of the gifts of the healing. or So they could sing a song. They could make a, a, a beautiful melody, but they could not have power in it. And many gospel artists, because of their name, went on to take those contracts. And I remember one of the, uh, my favorite gospel artists at the time uh, was Tremaine Hawkins. I remember uh, the first secular crossover uh, album she did, the song was called Fall Down. And I was so disappointed because it sounded a little disco, a little bit of, you know, um, hip-hop wasn't really around then, but it was worldly. And um, I was so disappointed in her because prior to that, the songs that she sung, just playing the record, a person could receive this, feel the presence of the, of the Spirit, and actually give their life to the Lord just by listening. The power of the gospel music, the power of the worship in the gospel was powerful enough. The, the anointing was on the records where you could hear a song. It's kind of like what Seth played is the second song after the intro uh, by the Clark sisters. Hearing those songs a person would come into repentance. 
person will walk in your home drunk or, you know, maybe high at a family member and hear that gospel music and fall down and begin to repent and weep and I want to go to church. So I need to give my life to the Lord. Today, you can't, it doesn't happen. The gospel music is so in tune with the world. It literally, um, there is no effectiveness. There is no power in the gospel music. It's just a lot of noise, a lot of beautiful melodies. So it's because of that, I believe, accepting those contracts and those conditions and compromising compromising the most holy, the most precious. That's why the Father does not like a mixture. That's why he tells us not to compromise, because we lost great power and authority because we mixed the secular with the profane. I mean, with the the profane with the righteous is what I'm trying to say. With the holy and the secular, we mixed it, the profane with the with the righteousness of the Father. We mixed it. And so in that mixture, nothing good, nothing good came out of it. Now, people made money, but nothing good came out of it. And we started seeing artists rise up with this mixture in them, looking like the world, dressing like the world, sounding like the world, very little God in their message, in their sound. Um, Kirk Franklin was one to take it to the next level. Dietrich Haddon came and took it to another level, all crossing over into the secular realm and even calling it crossover music. You can make, you can be on the pop chart, you can be on the gospel chart. But in that mixture, we lost the most precious thing that we had, which was the anointing. And the scripture tells us the anointing is what breaks yokes. I'm going to open it up for my, my co-host. Okay. Oh, everybody's um, line is open. Go, go right ahead, everybody's line is open, just so y'all know. Oh, okay. I, I wanted to kind of throw in there <clears throat> that, to me, it just kind of feels like it's uh, uh, like a, a point of uh, uh, generational change, you know, uh, like something happened in the universe and then this, you know, uh, signal kind of went out for everybody to, you know, get out of the trance and start paying attention uh, to the word. Uh, like everybody just kind of, uh, I ain't going to say everybody, but it's it's kind of like this is a growing movement, what we're into. And uh, instead of getting lost in the spiritual uh, singing and praise, we really started to really, really pay attention on the sermon itself. And uh, the question of identity, uh, uh, besides identity, uh, questions about, you know, why? You know, why is, you know, just that question, why? You know, why are we at the bottom? Why are we giving our money to the pastor? And, you know, despite all that beautiful music, uh, our minds somehow really started paying attention on on all these uh, rough neighborhoods that we're living into, and uh, you know, and the pastors in his Cadillac, and we started like, what's what's really going on? And that was like in the '80s, you know. You had uh, 
uh, different artists from the secular music, of course, uh, you know, uh, uh, promoting, you know, Kemet, you know, uh, African Bambada, all that type of stuff. It was, it was a really a black power movement. And uh, they were saying little things in their songs and like, okay, but who are you, you know? You are you are this in the Bible. You're that in the Bible. You know we were kings. You know, but when you go to church, despite the beautiful harmony and worship music, we really wanted to hear what that pastor got to say. There was nothing to combat that, really, in the '80s. Uh, I was a child, but still, there was, you know, uh, I, I was head off into that music. Because I, I felt like that music from the secular side was, that's that's the truth is laying that way, you know. Uh, but that that's just my opinion on that. Uh, I'll pass the mic. Well, I just want to say that's beautiful. I'm glad that you said that because you're speaking to something that actually happened. Um, a lot of people did turn to the secular. And so thank you for bringing that out as a point. That's, uh, your point was valid. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, okay. We have a hand that's up, uh, Brother John and Brother uh, Gary, I mean, Brother Elishua. Y'all just bear with us here. We've got a hand that's up. Sister Elena, do you want to take that hand? Yes, please. Okay, let's go to the phone lines. Area code 940-442. Your line is open. We'd like to know your name, city you're calling from. And how did you hear about us? Hello, this is Donna. I'm Seth's oldest sister. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm enjoying the topic tonight. I just, uh, it's amazing because I just commented on a post on Facebook. And um, they were were singing a song. And uh, it was really a beautiful song. But we get caught up in what? It sounds like, even though it sounds good, we're forgetting, like she said, Sassaliana said, the anointing is far from it. And while while they were singing, uh, the brother was doing secular moves, like, in the world, like dancing, what they do in the club. <laughs> and people were saying, well, what's wrong with him wanting to give praise to God? No, sweetheart, that's not giving praise to God. Because the God that I know don't need to go to Satan's turf to steal his moves. Hallelujah. The last I was told, he was over the music department in heaven. Great is his job, and he was kicked out because he didn't know his place. So that tells me God don't need to borrow nothing from Satan. And when you have to go to the world to take from the world, you lost sight of the Father. And he talks about, I was reading, I was trying to find that scripture so badly that, you know, we, we this new move, this new wave come through and everybody sound good. I think it was, was it Apostle Paul that was talking about in Corinthians, uh, speaking with tongues of men and uh, of angels and have not clarity? Charity. Sound, yeah, charity. You can, you can, you can, you can look like, you can walk like, but if you're not living it, 
all that outer appearance, what you're trying to impress me with, it doesn't matter because when you stand before him, what he told us not to do, he said come from among them. He didn't say go and join them and sit down with them and do what they do. Then how can you tell who's Christians and who's not if we all walking and talking and eating and moving alike? Yep. I don't yep. feel like, you know, that's why the world is in the state it's in. I've never seen so many people. I mean, back in the day, I used to hear people talking about giving their souls and selling their souls to the devil. But now these folks are just outright with it. But what's shocking is our people is doing it, and, 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 and they're doing it just for fame, but not caring how it's destroying uh, God's race of people because we always looking to see what's over the fence, and when we're looking over the fence, we want to copy it. That's, it it's just like when, when Peter was walking on the water, he told me he could come to him. But Peter started to think when he took his eyes off of him. And we are thinking deeply and fast because we have taken our eyes off of the Father. And you don't see what he said. He said his word would never change. He said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then if he, we're not moving like Christ is moving and doing the things that he was doing, then we have clearly gotten far away from him. There is something about praise. That's what we were designed for, to give God praise. That's true. And he, he gets joy out of that. But it's where is your praise coming from? Is it coming from the inner being? Or it's like, it's like I don't know. I was like, once, once I was praying, why is it everybody's getting the Holy Ghost and I can't get it? And I really seriously thought there was something wrong with me. There really wasn't a God because there all this hype everybody was talking about. I just wasn't experiencing it. But what happened was I was in my kitchen, and I was just going about my normal day and looking like a ragamuffin, hair wasn't combed, just in my house. And my mouth started to burn. I was not around any more saints. And what, what happened next was I started singing this song that was, like, coming from from my, my belly, from deep within, and it was singing. Like, I, I couldn't put the words to it, but it's like my spirit man knew what he was saying to God. And then my mouth began to quiver, and I started speaking in a language that I didn't understand, but I could feel that my spirit was doing warfare. It was really talking on my behalf. I could feel the, the connection, our lines were connected, and the Spirit was talking for me. But the song that it sprang up out of me, I could feel it, and I could feel God was just so pleased with it. But all this other stuff, we, we're doing too much. We're doing too much. I, 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 y'all tell me. Y'all tell me if I'm wrong. Nobody's getting to live no more. Huh? Donna, John is going to respond. I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Thank you, Donna. I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish. I just want to know, demons ain't moving no more. If Jesus walked amongst somebody and they were possessed, them demons knew who who he was. When you can walk, I, I don't understand how we can say we Christians and we are close to God, but then we got a health 
a house full of demons. It's like God and the devil is living under the same. I, I, I'm not saying it. Some is well, really God is wrong with it. And he's not there. And if, if we can't see this, he is attacking us through the music. And mm. it's like it's like he don't even fear the church no more because he's sitting up in there, probably in the pastor's seat. Not in the pastor's seat, but, I mean, he done took seat in the church. In the pulpit, yes. when I went to Israel with Seth, Seth was very angry with me, and I acted a pure Negro, excuse my French. I did. It was too hot. The roads was too rugged. And I'm a big woman. We're in the desert. But what I noticed in that desert, wasn't no Cadillac, wasn't no Mercedes, wasn't no Rolls Royce. And I'm, I'm talking, this car was pudding. And he was just talking crazy. I'm just like, dude, if this car stops, I'm trying to see how we going to get up out of here because I'm too big and this this, this rough is too rough. This, the road is too rough. It's too hot for me to walk. But that's where Jesus walked. He wasn't riding in no cars. He wasn't in no fabulous homes. We are getting it mixed up. When we that's leave right. here, not even the body we are in is going with us. Mm-hmm. Why are we so caught up in materialistic things and looking like somebody? If the music moves you, you want to jive to it. Is it right to it? You got to be careful because that's how he's hitting us. He's coming in like a flood like that. Even our kids are doing the most. And I'm just like, I, I'm used to children dancing in the church, singing and crying out to God. I mean, shouting in the church. I heard my son my son say last night in the midst of drinking, in the midst of them smoking, they were saying, okay, the pastor wanted to say some words, playing with God. When you don't have no shame and no fear not to play with God and say, okay, here he comes. Shout out, he come up in the morning. And I'm like, wait a minute. You don't play with the Holy Ghost. You play with something else. Don't play with that. Don't play with God. You can do with any, with any and everything you want to do, whatever kind of shenanigans you want to deal with, but you don't. There is no fear for God no more. That's the bottom line. Ain't no fear. That's right. Everybody moving well, like they want to. That's the bottom line. Nobody fears God, and they're doing what they want to do. But he's saying it's going <laughs> to rain, and ain't nobody believing it, but something is coming, <laughs> and it's all around. That's so right. He's paying no attention. So the all I can say is we got there and we better get our houses in order because he's coming, and you can see mm-hmm. it. It's like when COVID hit, it's all kind of stuff going on in the world, all over the That's world, right. and y'all we too blind to see it. Donna, if I may, thank you so much. Thank you for that input uh, in our second in, in this segment. Go ahead, Brother John. First of all, I didn't know that that was. When, when Don, hi, Donna. I didn't know that you – I heard you introduce yourself, but I didn't hear you say Donna. Um, I actually thought you were Sister Eliana's sister. I heard sister, and I just assumed it was Sister Eliana. I haven't heard from you for a while, but I just want to say hi. But I will play hi, devil's John. advocate with you, Donna, um, yes. and, and as, as well as everyone else. Now, I wasn't looking to speak a lot on, the, on this show. Cause I literally had laid down, and I was just kind of winding down. But Donna said a couple of things that really made me say, okay, this should be interesting when I bring this forth. 
because when before I had a relationship with now feel me the most high God, the creator of heaven and earth and everything that in them is by way of his son. And his son came to me directly and asked me that I want to be down. I promise you it's exactly how it came across in my head. I was first year at Oral Roberts University and I was not saved and I didn't feel, I didn't, but listen, I grew up in the church. And I didn't. I, I knew how to navigate church talk, church the whole, the whole, the whole. I could, I could play any part of the church that you want. I could be the pastor. You guys know how we did it. You would go yes, to church yes. as a kid, and you would talk about. Did you see Sister Sona? And you would show how she was shouting, then how yep. Brother Sona. So that's what you did. You would talk about what took place at church. I could play any church part. I can say anything, and I know how to. Would someone come up to me and say, "Did I know the Lord?" Yeah. Well, I mean, they couldn't say. Well, one person even challenged me. Well, how do you know that you know? I would tell them because of the blood. I knew it, but I was right. not a part of it. Now, listen to what I'm about to say, folks. It's really important. It, 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 it's really Donna. You brought this out, and I'm not saying I, I'm not saying that I'm saying anything uh, different than what you said, but I'm challenging everyone on this line, right this very moment. When I gave my life to God, I was not only a DJ; I was a battle DJ and a, a prolific lyricist. I started when I was a sophomore. I started out breakdancing. That's how it started. I started out as a break, I, and, and when I say a break dancer, I practiced to the point that it would be three o'clock in the morning. I'd be practicing. I did the same thing when I started DJing. I would be spinning records three o'clock in the morning. I had to be up at six o'clock. I'd get up at six, be at school at six at six thirty, and you know, go to school, whatever. If you knew anyone in the area that I lived in, they knew me. I'm not talking about just the city I lived in. Everyone knew me. Because I was just that nice. But when I went to college, second year, I went to a junior college first year. Second year, I went to Oral Roberts University, and I made it. I I, I said it in my heart. I ain't got no beef with you Christians, but y'all stay there, and I'll stay here. Don't bother me. That was my disposition. Because I already knew. I, I mean, I'm, I was brought up in the church. I, I knew. But right. one day I'm in my room, and this white guy, I say white guy because a black guy know better than to just walk up into my room just because my door is cracked. <laughs> the white boy did it. He just walked into my room, and he just began, you know, talking to me. And I'm thinking, like, I really was upset. I'm like, why are you here? But what happened is the Spirit of God came upon me, and he asked me, the, the, boy, the white guy was just telling his testimony of how he got saved. He, he, he was just talking. I got saved. And let me tell you, the summer before that, I worked at a beef packing plant. If you've never worked at a beef packing plant, you it is hard work. And I spent $300 of $6 an hour on records. Why? Because I'm a battle DJ. That's what you do. You got to have the latest stuff. You got to have double records the whole nine, and that's what I had. I didn't have to 
do this. But I, I gave my heart. I said, I, yes, I want to be down. And I told God to let you know that I'm serious. I'm throwing away these records. $300 worth of records. I got up out of the out of my once the white boy left. I got up. I got my rec, I had a crate. Everybody knows if you were DJ back in the day with vinyl. I'm not talking about that old MP3 stuff. Vinyl, heavy. Right. I went, got my crate. I walked outside, and to go outside, you have to walk through the lobby area. Everybody is looking at me like, "What is this dude doing?" And, and because everyone's moving in, they had a big old dumpster outside. I took my records. I threw them in the dumpster. I went back to my room, and they looked at me, walk out with these records. I walked back in empty-handed, and they were like, what is going on? Let me tell you what happened. I gave my life to Christ. I gave my life to God, and I began to read the Bible. I began reading. I remember reading in Romans, and I'm thinking, like, what? It's like it was words were coming off the page. I couldn't believe what I'm reading, but I would read. I found other brothers because they were. This is a Lily White school or Roberts University. There's a small percentage right. of black people, but I found some, and they be like they uh, they took me under their wing, and they began to show me like various scriptures. We would study, we would pray together, but I learned how to be a man of God, if you will, because I didn't even like the word Christian back then, with, without becoming white, because they were brothers. And they showed me you can still maintain your culture. Forgive me for being long-winded, but please, if, I, if you let me finish this, you'll see where I'm coming from. I right. had a gift. Their culture, hip-hop, it comes as a gift in the same way that you have art, that you have music, that you have sculpting, that you have painting, it's an art. You use it the way that you choose to use it. And when God gives a gift, he gives it without repentance. He doesn't take that gift back because you use it for something else. But after several months of reading, I began to write Christian rap lyrics. I began right. writing. I wrote about three songs. I wrote about three songs, and they were just songs that I, I – you know, I, I, I wanted to pray. I wanted God to be happy with what it was I had, which was a gift that he gave me. And one day I'm taking a nap, which is my normal thing, and the guys on my wings, they come to me. And when I say wing, that's my floor. There's like, you know, roughly 16 guys on the floor. And they come to me and they said, John, you know, there's a competition in, in, in the cafeteria where, you know, as a wing, we, we were doing this thing, and I'm literally delirious. And, they, and so they said, you know, we need your help because they knew I'd been writing these lyrics. And I told them, I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this, and we do this. I'm going to kick these lyrics, and then when we're done, we're going to do this. It was like nothing that they had ever seen before. That whole cafeteria was silent, and I blew these lyrics. And when I got done, the whole cafeteria was like, oh, they went bananas. Why? Because they had never seen a lyricist praise God in this particular manner. Folks, I'm here to tell you today, we're talking about praise and worship. It was from a very pure heart. I was not trying, in my mind, I wasn't trying to mix 
uh, um, secular with right. It, it, it wasn't even it wasn't even something that I even understood yet. I was only like a Christian for like four months, quote unquote Christian, four months. What I want to say is that people, be, <laughs> when I would get records that were secular records, they would say, "Why do you listen to secular music?" I'm like, well, "What's the problem with it?" Uh, I'm like, and I would tell them, and I'm, I'm not trying to be facetious, but I would say, "Do you watch?" Secular Cosby show and go to Secular Walmart. I said those are secular. I was like, right. it's, it's like, but why would you throw away all those records just to get secular music? I said I threw those records away as a point of faith. That was just a relationship between me and God. It wasn't me condemning secular music, number one. And it's not like I'm trying to mix the two. And so when 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 I would hear people come against quote unquote Christian rap. The only thing I knew is that I meant what I said. I wasn't trying to become a secular or a Christian superstar. It was right. the way I knew how to praise God. And when I could sense the spirit of God, especially when we would when we would pray prior to a show, we would pray, you know, in, in the spirit, we would pray starting out 20 minutes, 30 minutes, half an hour, to the point where we're getting ready to do the show. We'd be praying an hour a week, uh, for a week. We'd be praying an hour prior to the show. You could sense it. You honestly couldn't. The same way that you guys are talking about how you could sense the spirit come in, and it began to impact people. I saw that with my own eyes, and and on one show, I was so scared to do the show because the talent was so good. I was so scared to do that show, and that's exactly where God wanted me because it's like it ain't about you. Remove right. you because it, it's not about you, and let me go ahead and orchestrate this. When you talk about a crowd going wild, the crowd went wild, but it wasn't the type of wild that you would see like in a rock show. They would – I literally saw yokes broke. I, I saw it. And people would come up to me and say, they would speak to me after the show, and they would, I, I, that's all I'm going to say, because I took a lot of time, and I wasn't planning on saying a whole lot. But how do you know the difference between the two? You know it from the fruit. And if you, and I've said this more than one time, you cannot tell the fruit from, let's say, a radio show. You can't tell it. But I can right. tell you one thing, Brother Elishua, Brother Seth, Sister Eliana, they have seen the fruit of John Clark, and they know that this truly is a man in whom the spirit dwells. He is not faking, even in yeah, spite yeah. of his sordid rap past. <laughs> you know, it's all but, uh, Sister Eliana, I'll John? finish. I'll finish with that. Okay. Well, <laughs> let me let me so do this, everybody. Uh, I think what we need to do, I think we need to take a little short break before we transition yeah. to the next segment. Sister uh, Eliana, did you, uh, I think I heard Elisha want to chime in. Do you want to take a break or take his comment or what? Well, let's take this short 30-second break, and then what I'm going to allow Elisha to be the first one. I'm not going to make a long intro in the beginning because we are coming to time. Let's take that 30-second break, and let's get right back, and let's let Elisha right. come. And, and caller, then we'll, uh, 
caller, thank you for calling. If you want to come back on, press one now. Thank you, Donna. And if you want to come back later on, thank you, Donna. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead, Sister Eliana. No, I said thank you, Donna. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. Okay. Go ahead, sir. All right. We'll be right back, folks. Welcome back, everybody. This is our last segment for the evening, and we just and, and it's beautiful what that brother John was saying and what Sister Donna brought forth in the last segment because it segues into this this final segment, which is what is our worship doing today? Is it leading us to the Most High, or is it leading us further away? Um, I just wanted to um, say really quickly that. I've noticed that there's group worship going on now where a group of uh, young adults to middle age, um, to like 30, 40, are coming together and they're doing these uh, mass, like, group concert worship. I believe the first time we kind of saw this was with Kanye West coming out with his gospel version with lots of young adults coming together and making a sound. But where is that sound leading the people? Uh, before we take that topic, I want my co-host, uh, Elishua, to chime in on um, the last segment. Uh, he didn't have time to get in on that segment, and then we will um, take questions and go forward. Uh, second question. <laughs> go ahead, Elishua. No, John, you're fine. Go, yeah, was Okay, yeah. The um, Bible says that there was a tribe, that one of the tribes of Israel is the tribe of Issachar. And it said that the tribe of Issachar knew the times and knew what Israel ought to do. Yahweh said you cannot put new wine in old wineskins. And in the Torah, I believe it's in one of the Psalms where it talks about mending old things with new. Um, We have to realize that the culture that we live in, if we are not red hot, it is more stronger than what we actually put forth because what we fail to realize and many times is that the servants of Satan are deeply, deeply committed. And when we talk about the secular music industry, one of the reasons why come you don't hear a sound 
that sound that resonates with the Holy Spirit, and it's new. Guess what, people, in each generation? And part of the problem is that we're trying to impose upon a new generation the sounds of yesterday, and it ain't going to work. And so what Kirk Franklin, and I will speak for him, I can't say for a lot of others, but for people like Kirk Franklin, is that what John had in his spirit, they had in their spirit, and what they did was the only way that they felt that they could actually express it. Because the church is a very judgmental place, and it's very reluctant to change. So if the sound becomes different, somehow if the sound is different, we associate that sound with Satan. And I'm here to tell you that many times we couldn't be further from the truth. How do you think a person could pick up a mic and just flow with bars nonstop without ceasing, what do you think? You think there's some vocal ability? That's the anointing of God. Half of the prophets right now who are supposed to be serving in the in the church, in the true church in Israel, they're in rap and hip-hop. And a great part of the reason why we're there is because the church rejected them. Wow. When you look at John's situation, his situation was a flip. When I got to ORU, I was already in a sense, on fire for God. And when I got to ORU, the Holy Spirit, by the presence of the anointing, that's why I come I said, I cannot emphasize more this thing on practicing the presence of God, and you must first practice the presence of God in private before you can practice it in a corporate setting. Just like Donna said, she said she was sitting there washing the dishes, and the Holy Spirit came up on her, and the anointing descended upon her, just like it did upon Paul, and she began to speak in other tongues that she was not aware of. That's the Holy Spirit. What they're doing now in these churches is because they have fallen away from obedience to the Holy Spirit is that now they're trying to manufacture anointing. And anybody who can tell you in the music entertainment, that's not difficult to manufacture the same emotional feeling that you get from the anointing. John is telling you that. Yesterday we were listening to music here, and I was playing music, and John, if I'm not correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but I probably went through four or five different genres of music in about three hours. It's a sound, people, and you can't always label the sound and determine whether, okay, and say, okay, because it sounds like something that you're uncomfortable with, that is different, that it's the enemy. So what I'm saying is this, is that the most high is ready to do what he wants to do. What we, that's why I come brother, brother Castleberry was alluding to this, and he was so on point is that there are times, different seasons that we live in, and we're so accustomed that when we experience thing in one season, we want that thing to be the standard for every season going forth. And that's not always the case. And he says, you must worship me in spirit and truth. The word worship means to literally in a physical sense, lap like a dog laps. It means to lie on your face, prostrate before God. It means to give totally, completely, freely of yourself and just yield yourself to the Spirit of God. And most people are a little bit afraid of that because they're uncomfortable with that. And that's why I come my greatest present time with the Most High is alone. Ain't nobody in the room with me. John met me that way. And worship is not something you just do in the church. John met, John Clark and I hooked up one morning. Uh, I, I don't even know what time of the day it was, but I was literally in the, and we were on the, in the same dormitory during the summer, and I was in there shaving. And my lips were moving. 
And John did something that nobody had argued there do. He interrupted me. John, I tell you, I was like a loner. They used to call me John the Baptist. I island unto my, all by myself. Because that's all I did is just spending my time. I felt like David. That's all I said. I'm in the spiritual atmosphere with these giants. And surely the presence of the Most High is there. And I did. Oral's mission that he was given from God to raise up his children to hear his voice was the greatest gift I got from ORU. And I was able to experience that gift through worship of the Father in the Spirit. And Donna's off the line. I hope she comes back because literally it's like we talk about something, but sometimes you can just give an example because if we were in the church right now, if we were in the church right now, Sister Eliana, you and Donna, if y'all were in church right now, y'all were talking to us about worship, you would have cut off the conversation probably about 20 minutes ago and did what you're talking about. Back to you, Sister Eliana. (laughs) I do that all day long. <laughs> and y'all got two amazing voices on the line. Two amazing voices. Sister Eliana and Sister Donna Turner. Oh my God. They sound like angels when they sing. And Donna is something deep in her voice because that's what worship comes out of. You're worshiping the spirit. Remember when Sister Mary, I was against Mary Magdalene, she was worshiping the, worshiping the Savior and they tried to interrupt her and he said, no, no, no. <laughs> and, it's, and I think it was Sister Eliana said at the beginning we were, This is the very reason That we were created Sister Eliana Back to you Alright oh my goodness That that sparked so many thoughts in me uh, What about Let's hear from uh, as, as Sister Catherine. Eliana Just so you know yes. Donna has a hand up Just Just coordinate it whenever you want to Just so you know Okay Okay, just one moment, Donna. Hang in there. Um, Brother Castleberry, do you have something to add to what you heard? I love what you started with in that second segment. We are now into the final segment. Um, what do you have to add to the to the table? What do you bring into the table? Um, well, uh, uh, I just kind of want to, I just got well. This this subject what we're talking about is uh, kind of. I'm not in the dark. I mean, I'm right there with you guys. I'm just uh, uh, looking back on my journey and uh, kind of, you know, self-examining my walk. Um, True. I haven't been. I guess worshiping. I've been seeking uh, like truth. I kind of stepped back. Uh, because the first thought, am I worshiping by, you know, not eating pork? <laughs> you know? No, no. Uh, what's been described here tonight is worshiping is when you open your your mind and heart and, and just tell them thank you, you know. And I'm like, I do that with my prayers. But it's uh, this is a different ball game what you guys are talking about. And I guess it's something I, I'm kind of lacking on my end. I've been... Uh, uh, Obsessed with uh, just trying to figure out the truth of the whole matter. Uh, besides the, you know, the songs and the worshiping and looking aside, all that. I, because I, to me, it's, it's secondary. Uh, if the whole point what you're worshiping is wrong, you know, the whole sermon, the whole big picture, if it's false, right? 
And I, and I would think that would that want to be second because the truth, you want that truth first. And then the worship, the glory of it, you know, that's the second part of it, right? Because uh, uh, well, I kid you not, um, I come from a family who definitely didn't see themselves as kings in the church or, or queens in the church. Um, they are definitely under the impression that they was naked savages that the white man saved by bringing over to America. I can't speak about how your families were, but going back in my family tree, that's exactly how they picture Africa and uh, how we came through, and we need to be happy we're here. Mm. And uh, they got beautiful music in the church. I mean, like I like I said earlier, I felt the, you know, the feeling in there. But if truth is not being taught, then, yeah, secondary, secular music just whipped all the men out of there, sound like. Sound like our antennas <laughs> were kind of up and we drifted toward the most high, seeking in his face in the darkness because the church was not offering that. Uh, well, uh, well, I don't, don't want to say that. I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's you need that truth first. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to pass the mic on that one. All right. Well, I want to read, uh, before we have Donna come back in with her comment, I want to read Psalm 96. Because when Elshua was speaking, it really uh, prompted me. Something that um, actually my mind just changed on about the um, old wine and old wineskins, the new wine and new wineskin, and also what you said earlier, uh, Brother Castleberry, in the first second segment about uh, the change and the generation and the music changing. So what the Father gave me was Psalm 96, and I'm going to read it. It says, O sing unto the Most High a new song. Sing unto the Most High all the earth. Sing unto the Most High. Bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory amongst the, the heathen, his wonders among all people. For the Most High is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Most High made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give mm-hmm. unto the Most High, O ye kindreds of the earth. Give unto the Most High glory and strength. Give unto the Amen. Most High the glory. Do unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O worship the Most High in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Say among the heathen yeah. that the Most High reigneth. The world also shall be established, that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. Let the heavens rejoice, and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar, and the fullness thereof. Let the fields be joyful, and all that is therein. Then shall all the trees of the woods rejoice before the Most High, for he cometh. For he cometh to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. So I would like to say that it is all together. Brother Castleberry, you're in the season of learning. You're in the season of study to show thyself approved unto the Most High Yah, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, 
rightly dividing the word of truth, but incorporate the worship of him. You know, you can study a thing and never experience it. And so we, as the children of the Most High, need to experience his presence through our worship. Just incorporate it as you're studying the truth. Let's have Donna come in and um, and share. Okay, going to open Donna's line. Again, folks, you've tuned into the Five Swim Stone Network. We really appreciate your time tonight. Remember, those of you online listening to the show, if you want to get in, uh, please call because, I don't know, we may roll over after after uh, after we cut off here at 1 o'clock uh, Central Standard Time. Uh, that's uh, 11 o'clock Pacific. So in about 15 minutes, we'll cut off if you're listening on the Internet. It's going to cut off for you unless you call the phone number, 914 205 Five five nine zero again nine one four two zero five 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 nine zero. Donna, your line is open. Go right ahead. Okay, I want to say, you know, in life we God's gonna always gonna give you an answer. You can't have no words. He's gonna give you what you need to know, so you don't have no more excuses. But I, I like what you said, John, and I appreciate it. I when I say crossing over and picking up uh, or borrowing from I I love music like you said it's art and that's exactly what I said now I don't listen to rap that's talking about killing drugs and sex and all that craziness but I love all music I can sit because there are stories and to me someone is painting a beautiful piece of art with their music so when I say I might like jazz, country, and western, I love music. There's a lot of right. R&B songs that is life. It's just the truth. Right. I Even when I said that happened to me in my house, guess what? What you said, Gary, and you, it, it, LSU, I don't want to butcher your name, but, you know, I've been in the dark for a long time. I'm hibernating over here, okay? <laughs> it's okay, Donnie. You can't be like brothers and sisters, baby. Do what you do. But I'm going to get it together, okay? I'm going to get it together. When that happened, it was not a sound that I had ever heard before. But God mm-hmm. was pleased with it. Sometimes we get so caught up in what we see. Brother John, what you said, you know, you pick up, the 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 uh, the walk you pick up the talk. I I, I talked and I learned everything about imitating and copying religious people. But when it really come down to it, you couldn't beat me. Saying I thank God for waking me up this morning, clothing me in my right now, putting food. Right. Guess when it got to that point, when there was no food on the table. Mm-hmm. There was no faith because I was basically saying what I heard somebody else say. So my right. walk has been with what somebody else looked like and talked about, but I didn't have mm-hmm. a relationship for myself. Even today, it's, you know, you, you can't have a relationship with God if you don't spend time with it. And, and in order to have right. a real relationship, right. you got to know who you falling in love with. You got to know Absolutely. what makes that person sick, what they like, and what, you know, you, how I work. Well, I don't because I don't pick up my Bible. So basically what you're doing is you're living a life of a copycat. 
and you miss mm-hmm. and you can't stand this storm because you are no you are no competition when it comes to Satan and that's the only thing that's gonna get you through whatever you're going through, the battles and you're not swaying to the left or the right because you know then who you really living for, who really got your back. And when the hard times come, you don't have to woe is me or I wish I was never born and I'm fighting with depression. Why are you in depression? Because you really don't know God. You re- rebellion. Black yeah. people are very rebellious. I'm very, mm-hmm. I'm going to call me out. I'm not going to talk about the world. I'm talking about me. I am very rebellious. I don't want to get on my knees and pray because my knees hurt. I, I, I deal with insomnia. Well, guess what? If I pick up the Bible, I fall asleep. Guess what? So what are you willing to sacrifice to get what you're wanting? He don't want you if you're not wanting him. He want a privilege of what you're going to get from him is a privilege. So when, when my spirit started crying out, it wasn't even me. It was a spirit, man, that was in me. It was like, get me out of this. You got me in bondage, and that's not what he placed me in here for. And I could feel that mm-hmm. spirit doing warfare for me. I just want y'all to pray for me that I get to where I can be, to where I can get a breakthrough. Because not only am I fighting this, it's spilling over into my children. I can see my grandson operating the same way, play video games, and when I pick up a book to read, it's the same spirit, and I, I have to get rid of it. But I just don't feel like we can keep playing because Satan ain't playing for now. He on his mission. Right. We just got to get on that job. So, you know, God is God. He don't need no help to be God. He is the Almighty. Well, and I just need my relationship. I know he's there because he wouldn't have got me that right. far, but his love is so great that even in my mess, he's still. But I don't want him to one day, when I call him for real, he don't answer because he's still forever knocking at my door. That's all I'm saying. You obese, get up and do something. How much are you willing to sacrifice to get to what you want? It's the same thing with Christ. I know he got something. He said he gave us Mm. a gift and a talent. So we're going to go to our graves, not letting him use us so that he can Uh, get the worship and the glory from it. Thank you, Father. I'm like really love, love like that. I'm sorry. I did the food walk for way too long. It's time to make some changes. And I'm just not strong enough on my own. I'm done. I talked too much. Awesome. Big up, Donna. Big up. No, ma'am. That was beautifully said. Beautifully said. Wonderful. Wonderful. Because we're making this, this broadcast for many to hear generations to come. People need to hear this truth in us. Because we are the people of God. And the, the thing that the Most High said was, give my people, Second Chronicles 714, mm. which are called by my name, will humble themselves. Tonight you humbled yourself. You humbled yourself. Uh, thousands yeah. and thousands mm-hmm. are going to hear this broadcast. Uh, humble yourself. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, 
and pray. We give you praise. We give and you praise. turn from their wicked ways. Then will I forgive. Then will I forgive. And then will I heal the land. And see, most of us in our community, we have relied on music uh, to move us. And you said it perfectly. We need to seek the Father. We need to know who we're falling in love with. We need to become intimately acquainted with this Most High who has done all of these things to woo us and to let us Mm. know that he loves us. And music is part of the relationship. It's part of the romance. But Yes. I apologize for interrupting. Two minutes before (laughs) the time drops off. This is normally when Seth has to do the system check because people will drop off if they don't call in. Seth? All righty, go for it. Yeah, I already did that, John. I let him know that. Let's okay. last time. Sorry, Cecilia, I'm gonna go ahead. No, this is beautiful. It's beautiful. So this is this is real talk, and this is what we wanted to have. Our worship as a people, we are powerful in song. We are powerful in movement. But segment was: Is our music leading us to the Most High? Mm-hmm. If it is not, then we are doing something wrong. And, Donna, you said it beautifully. We need to seek the face of the Father. We need to go in deeper. We need to understand. Brother Castleberry, you mentioned this is a new thing for you. This is a new level of understanding. You're focusing on the truth of the Father's word, the truth of who we are, but lacking the intimate relationship that leads you to marry that truth with your worship so that you come to another level and that you begin to press in on a... See, there's dimensions in the Father. He talks mm-hmm. about the young men. He talks about yeah. um, the Father. He talks about the children. There are levels mm-hmm. that we must grow into in this relationship, this faith walk, for us to walk like a Moshe or an Avram or Abraham. We need to invest we need to invest our time. We are distracted. We are distracted. And we need to, we need to uh, guard our ear gate and our eye gate. Mm-hmm. We, we, we ingest so much. And, yeah, I love music, too. I love all kinds of music. However, I have to be very, very, very um, selective because I, what I want from the most time, I cannot get in secular music. I want an intimate relationship with him. I want to know that I know that I know that I know that my name is written in that book. And that means I have to sacrifice. I have to sacrifice Mm. the desires of the flesh, what I put in my body, what I eat, what I watch, and what I listen to. The scripture teaches us to be the holy for he is holy. And we can only do that if we travel down that road with him. We have to be very selective in what we participate in. Because if not, it will keep us at the level of being outside the gate, looking in, behind the veil, not entering in. Mm. And the Most High is wooing us to enter in. 
at the mountain when he, when he led them out of Egypt. They cried for release of bondage. He said, I desire intimacy. He told the men the, 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 the day before, clean yourselves, wash up, do not have intimate right. relationships with your wives. He beckoned all the men, the men, to come to the foot of the mountain. And they did it. But when he began to quake and, and, and show the mountain began to thunder and smoke, all the men left. They ran. And they told Moshe, do not let the Most High speak to us because he'll kill us. We're going to die. And you know why? Because darkness was inside of them. And when the light comes, the darkness doesn't want to be the light because the light exposes the wickedness, the sin within. And that's what the Most High, in a physical way, he told them to clean themselves, wash up, keep yourself pure, and come to the mountain. He would have taken care of the darkness, but they didn't have the faith. So now we must have the faith. He's done everything. We must have the faith and the courage to walk back to the mountain. And we must have the faith and the courage to stand before him and allow him to do the work. Then we can worship in the beauty of holiness before the faith of the Almighty. Anyone else? In closing, in closing, if I may, I applaud Donna and Brother Castleberry just from coming from, and we all could sense what they said was just from a place of honesty and truth. <laughs> it was refreshing. It was absolutely refreshing. Uh, and I applaud you both, um, Donna, Brother Castleberry, from, for just sharing, you, you know, wh- where it is that you're at, how you feel, just being very, very honest and forthcoming. Right. Uh, with that, I close out my time. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, John. No, sure. Uh, brother. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank uh, you, man. Sir, I want to. I want to. I'm gonna share something with you, brother Casaberry. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, you mentioned about spirit and truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. I want to share something with you, an experience that I have, and I experience it often. Um, actually, it's not truth before spirit. It's actually spirit before the truth. Because the spirit is what conveys the truth. And that's why it's called the spirit of truth. I'm a writer by profession. And I'm just going to share something I do with you to give you an example of what I'm talking about. As I told John before, I don't often follow trends of doctrines. Let's just say if something is a major trend and people start following and they want to research it or whatever, I don't do that. Usually I wait until the most I put something on my heart, and then what I'll do is I'll begin to pray in the spirit, and then I'll search this thing out in the Bible, in the truth, in the word. When I'm writing, literally, like last night I was writing, I was just up, and I was like, I knew it was something, something that I wanted to bring forth out of my spirit. It was in my spirit, but I just couldn't articulate it in words. So I just turned to the wall, to the corner, and I just began to pray in the spirit. And I'm going to do it right now because sometimes that's what I was trying to get Eliana and Sister Donna to do. Because sometimes you can learn more from observing things 
And that's why, like I said, if they were in church and they were discussing something and they were talking about how you worship God, literally, if I was sitting up in church, I don't have that great a voice, but I'm like, I worship you, almighty God. There is none <laughs> like you. I worship you, oh, Prince of Peace. That is what I long to do. I give you praise. See, that's what I do in my presence by myself. And before I know it, his presence shows up. See, when Donna and your son and them were, were mocking and doing that, I tell people there's one way you can put a stop to that. And that's what the church is incapable of doing because they're too cornered right now. The way you put a stop to that is the same way Elijah did when he was confronting all the, 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 uh, the uh, prophets of Baal. They screamed, they hollered all day. And Elijah just stepped to the place, threw his hands up to heaven, and began to pray to the Father and worship the Father. And the God of almighty heaven and earth answered by fire. Mm. It's not that complicated, people. This is the most easiest part of our relationship with the most high. But like Donna said, you cannot be lazy. Brother John is on yeah. the line, and John will, testify, John will testify to this. When I was at ORU, I prayed in the same degree that I ate. John, at 6 o'clock in the morning, where was I at? At Screaming noon, downstairs in the basement. Screaming. That's right. And so you can't, you got to get me loose, people. Sometimes you just like, and when we talk about that sound, and Sister Eliana said it, she said that the people drew back. Because when the most high shows up, it can be very intimidating if you're not used to it. And it will draw, make you draw back. But I would say to you, don't draw back, press in. Press yeah. in. Press in. Mm-hmm. Like everything out, just keep pressing. Keep pressing. And if you keep on pressing, before you know it, you're going to sense his presence. And when you're in the midst of his presence, you ain't got to ask for nothing. All you got to do is listen. Yeah. And he'll begin to lay it out to you. He'll begin to give you strategy. There are businessmen that listen to this. He will give you a business strategy. Yeah. How you going to be unsuccessful as a businessman when you can hear what Pharaoh is saying in his bedroom if you walk in the Holy Spirit? I'm going to stop right there, Sister Yolanda, because you know we'll be here until 3 o'clock in the morning on this on this boat. I'll give it back to you. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what I want to say? There's one more important thing that we all need to do, and it is called teshuva. That means to turn around and walk the other way. We need to repent. That's what the church calls it, repentance. The Father is looking for our heart. He's looking deep into our heart. And all he wants us to say is, look, and we've said it. It's been said. But you need to say it before him in your own time. Father, forgive me. Mm-hmm. I've been distracted. I've been searching only your words, and I've not been seeking you by the Spirit. Forgive me. And walk the other way. Same thing, Donna. I have, Father, forgive me. I haven't put the effort in to my walk with you. Very simple. Most High is such a gentleman. He loves us so so very much, and he will forgive you. 
and all he wants to do. The woman at the the woman that came, caught in the very act of adultery. What did what did he say to her? He said, "He that is without sin, let him cast the first stone." The accuser could not cast the stone because those all those men had been with her. That's how they knew she was in the very act. So then when they left, he said, woman, where are thine accusers? In other words, the, the, the most high is not holding you. You've come clean. You've been honest. So he says, hey, there are no accusers here. Go and sin no more. In, in this case, go and do what it is that you are not doing. You know what to do. Do it. You don't have to do it uh, 100% until you build up. You know, I tell people all the time, the best way for us to become skillful in something is by reason of use. A little at a time consistently gives you the skill. You don't know how to uh, 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 worship for an hour, worship for five minutes. Consistently, it'll grow. It'll grow. It'll grow. Before you know it, You'll be in this place of worship before him. You'll be seeking his face. You'll be reading his word. Brother Castleberry will be worshiping him because he's already studying. So he'll start worshiping. You will start reading and worshiping. That's all we have to do. We start. It's baby steps. But that's what the Father's looking for us. Like when our children first began to walk, they took a step and fell. And they were determined. Be determined. In our walk with the Most High, be determined. Because, yeah, we're Hebrew Israelites. I did all the studies and journey, and I'm still studying, but it never affected my intimacy with the Most High. Even when I was on and they were talking about old tongues, the devil, I was on some of those, I was on Sister George's program, and I was speaking in tongues. I had to help enlighten her about many things because she didn't know. She started uh, copying me. I would pray on my show, and she started praying. At first, she wasn't that good. I listened to her recently. My sister is praying. It was baby steps. We're helpers of one another. So the worship that we give is not just in singing, but it is in serving the Most High. It is giving our all and our best. And being consistent by reason of use will get stronger and stronger. Your household will turn around when they see you doing it. There will be interest in doing it too. Our work is not done yet. We still have miles to go before we sleep. Let's just make sure we're walking on that road of righteousness. It is a straight and it is a narrow path. But we've been called to that path because we are the children of God. Well, I want to thank everybody for being on with me tonight, and thank you so much for all of the input that we have had for the listeners, for the callers, Donna, uh, for my co-host, John, Brother John, Brother Castleberry, Brother Elshua, um, for Seth doing all the technical Thank you. And for all of you who listened online and all of you who are now listening in the archives, thank you for this. Thank you for being part. The Most High loves us, and our worship is sacred and it's precious. 
but we have to do it. And we have to do it one day. Amen. I'm going to turn it back over to Seth. Okay. um, Well, I hope you all enjoyed that. Sister Eliana, Brother Elishua, Brother John Clark, Brother Castlewood, and the caller, Donna, who's still on the line. We just left the line open for her. Really appreciate everybody's contribution. Anybody want final before I wrap it up? Thank you, everyone. I needed all of this. Oh, you're welcome, Donna. Mm-hmm. Appreciate the call. Brother Cassaberry, any final? Uh, uh, thank y'all. I'm glad I can make it in. It was a powerful message tonight. I thank y'all again. Uh, shalom, yes, shalom yes. to y'all. Amen, amen. All right, Brother uh, John, I think we lost Brother Elishu, but I think Brother John was able to get a hold of him. Brother John, any final? Uh, Thanks for for having me on. Excellent uh, message to Celiana, all persons involved. Have a good night. Yes, yes. Brother John, is Elishu around, or were you able to get a hold of him, or or are you able to? Uh, No, he, he is not. Okay, well, tell him thank you for coming on tonight and sharing from the hard, very heartfelt right. show. Sister Eliana, thank you for a very, very well show. And so I'm sure those listening in the future will be blessed by your gift tonight and everybody else's, all right? All right. Thank you, sir. All tonight right, folks. Y'all have been tuning to the Five on Network, Sister Eliana, uh, hosting tonight uh, again talking about how worship has changed in the Israelite community during the diaspora and today. Love every single one of you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Y'all will see you on tomorrow. Ella Shul will be delivering, and then on Thursday. Don't forget, Monday, Thursdays, and Sundays. We thought we were going to do a Tuesday show, but it looked like it's just going to be Monday. So it'll be, uh, again, tomorrow night we'll hear from you on 8 o'clock Central Standard Time, and then Thursday, 8 o'clock again. Good night, everybody. Good night.